I'm Sienna. I'm the kid. I'm Sarah. I'm the mom. This is Queer Kids Straight Mom. Let's talk. Hi. Welcome back to Queer Kids Straight Mom. Today, we are going to talk about rainbow washing. Quick definition. According to Urban Dictionary, rainbow washing is the act of using or adding rainbow colors and or imagery to advertising, apparel, accessories, landmarks, in order to indicate progressive support for LGBTQ equality and earn consumer credibility, but with a minimum of effort or pragmatic result. Yeah, I mean, I would also add that a lot of the times people or corporations will throw rainbows on something while actively donating to anti-LGBTQ politicians or organizations, et cetera, et cetera. So beyond just a minimum level, sometimes it's actually the reverse, I don't know, like reverse support. a negative level. <laughs> we will definitely cover that because I have read up a bit on that and found some interesting information. It's become pretty popular lately, especially during Pride Month, that everybody slaps a rainbow on their product and kind of what's called performative activism, right? That you're displaying this thing that indicates your support for a group of people and conveniently is also colorful and aesthetically pleasing. You know, people are more likely to say, oh, I can show my support by wearing this really cute rainbow shirt. And if you're like me and you're still eight years old and you're like, unicorns and rainbows make everything better, then you have a pretty active consumer base that finds this a way to just buy in with minimal discomfort, right? Ooh, shiny. <laughs> exactly. Bright colors. I love it. I can support this cause. When companies put out these pride-based lines and don't provide any information on is any of the money we make off of this going to a cause or what cause is it? Do they just vaguely say, by buying this, you're supporting the LGBTQ community or are they actually like giving you numbers? Another one I thought was really interesting as I was reading kind of what qualifies as rainbow washing and what to look for, I guess, is using LGBTQ plus employees as props in pride related marketing materials or hiring queer creators for pride projects and then not really paying them or not paying them a you know, just not really a working wage, but hey, you're 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 donating to a cause. How about you create this with us and then not really compensating them for that work? You get employed for this month and this month only. Yeah, giving back to the community in June, but not really the rest of the year. Or like you said, you know, doing things that are sort of actively hurting the community for the rest of the year. Within the community, as you know, it is there. Are there like known villains? Like we all know this company does this. The ones that pop into my head tend to be like more service providers. I think since then, those tend to be like the really big companies. So things like phone, like AT&T and Verizon, I think have both done that. I would actually really recommend going and checking out um, Matt XIV or Matt 14. I actually don't know how it's supposed to be pronounced, but on Instagram. Um, because they have some really good um, posts on there about that. He made one specific one that was um, literally a series of like 
here's this company's little cute little pride logo. And here's how much they've donated to politicians. And I remember I do remember that a lot of them were phone companies, but I don't remember them specifically off the top of my head. And it's just a great post. So I would totally recommend checking that out. Yeah, that sounds great. I um, would recommend looking at that. I also found a couple of other graphics that I'll link to on the website that once I dove in, that information is it's pretty easy to find out there. So if you're interested in which companies are making a cute rainbow avatar during June and then giving money to Mitch McConnell, say, definitely check these things out. There is a newsletter I found called Popular Information, which is dedicated to accountability journalism. And I thought this was a really interesting cross-reference. So the Human Rights Campaign has a scorecard that... They rank businesses on being LGBTQ friendly, their corporate equality index. Um, But that index doesn't consider political donations. So there are actually quite a few corporations that have created an image of supporting LGBTQ rights, maybe through hiring or working conditions or things like that, that give them really great scores on the human rights campaigns index but they're also donating a whole lot of money to members of Congress who get zero ratings on the Human Rights Campaign Congressional Scorecard. So that's kind of fascinating to look at. I will link to that. CVS is an example. They got a perfect score on their Corporate Equality Index, you know, made their avatar a cute rainbow heart in June. They signed a letter expressing concern about anti-LGBTQ legislation. So, you know, on their website, they claim to be proud of their commitment to eliminating discrimination in healthcare coverage. There's a whole lot of boxes they're checking. But through their corporate PAC, they've supported sponsors of anti-trans legislation in Texas, North Carolina, and Tennessee. My good sir, you are responsible for the anti-LGBTQ legislation you are claiming to oppose. Right. It's... It's a fascinating cycle. Like you said, there are a a handful of um, communications companies, Comcast and AT&T definitely came up on there. You know, they have all these pro-LGBTQ social media posts and have each donated more than a million dollars to anti-gay politicians. So these are really interesting graphs and charts to dig into. And it's, I mean, it's a little bit soul crushing. You're like... I love this company. I love that they're doing this. I'm so glad we get our phone service from them. And then you find out that they're like bankrolling the enemy, you know, and like, aw, bummer. So, yeah, spoiler um, alert. It's almost as though big corporations are not your ally when you're looking for basic human rights. Yeah. Let's see. Amazon and Walmart are also companies that came up pretty regularly as I searched through kind of the biggest offenders. The Guardian, I will also link to this, has, this is from 2021. The article is the firms that fund anti-LGBTQ plus politicians while waving rainbow flag. And so that is also a good read. So that's what to look out for. For positives, here are some things that companies can actually do things to look for. Like, are these the things this company that looks LGBTQ friendly is actually doing? And some examples of companies that are doing this. Um, Representation is one. 
So for example, Procter & Gamble worked with GLAAD on the Visibility Project, which aims to increase LGBTQ representation in advertising. So through their collection of brands, including Charmin and Tide, they've worked to portray LGBTQ experience in their marketing and advertising. Donations, that's a pretty basic one, but you want to be able to see what organizations they're donating to. Like, is it a stock? Like, we'll donate to a pro-LGBTQ charity. It's nice when they're like really specific about ways that they're trying to help. Um, Bombas, the sock company, donates a pair of socks to a homeless individual for every pair they sell. And they have really recently focused on Black transgender individuals. This was a shocking statistic that you probably, or not statistic, but figure that you probably already know, but Black transgender people experience homelessness at a rate of five times the general population. Things like that that are specific, like they show to me that the company has done their research on like, what are ways that we can actually be focusing on the people that we're trying to help? Um, Encouraging activism. The Body Shop has encouraged consumers to sign a petition supporting the Equality Act and promise to donate a dollar to the Equality Federation for every signature they get. So, you know, just kind of like giving people a nudge to get involved. Or the companies that pulled out of North Carolina after the anti-trans bathroom legislation. Um, Deutsche Bank and PayPal are two examples of companies that were set to expand in the state and canceled their plans after that legislation. Um, Outreach, Kellogg's, together with Pride Cereal, both donated money to GLAAD and to supporting homeless LGBTQ youth. And they provided a place to write pronouns on the box, which they felt was a way to reach parents who might not be getting a lot of positive or even unbiased information about pronouns through the media they might be watching, and a way for kids to see that there are people out here that recognize our gender identity and, you know, a way to like make that feel more legitimate. The cereal box, you know, has always, and probably less so for your generation, but like we all sat around reading the cereal box. And I feel like putting that on the cereal box is a way of like, this is for you, you know, employment. Glassdoor has a list that I will also link to of the best places to work for LGBTQ plus employees. Topping that list are Google, Microsoft, HEB, Lululemon, and Deloitte. And then creating products for LGBTQ plus consumers. Tomboy X, Abercrombie & Fitch are companies that have created specific gender neutral lines. Me, Undies, and Pepper both focus on providing comfortable gender neutral undergarments. Those are signs that companies are doing the right thing. Do you have anything to add to that? Yeah, I mean, I suppose to me, like the most important thing is that you're putting your money where your mouth is. And that means that, you know, you're not giving money to anti-LGBTQ politicians. And that, you know, you think about when people say, oh, 5% of profits will go to this LGBTQ charity. And you're like, great. So profit is like specifically the money that you make, not taking into account like what got spent to make it. It's just the profit which in a lot of cases is a pretty small margin. And so 5% of that is like nothing. So, you know, you really just want to be conscious. And then again, I also think that when you talk about examples um, like like Pepper and MeUndies are actually two companies that I really personally like. And because of that, 
like deliberate consciousness about like, okay, we're not just saying we're going to put rainbows on our underwear. It's it's like we're going to create products that are actually consciously designed with queer individuals in mind. And that, I think, is something that I would really like to see a lot more of. Um, Like, it shows a level of thought and awareness. And there was probably a queer person in the room for this that just slapping a rainbow on something really doesn't show. Kind of amusing to imagine, like, the corporate boardroom making these decisions without a single queer person in the room. (laughs) (laughs) What do the gays like? (laughs) I'm sure there are some really cringy conversations. (laughs) It's a different thing, supporting the community year round, obviously, or like you said, designing your products with that community in mind. I will also link to just a couple of lists that I found of companies that really do that, either have consistently donated substantial amounts of money, not just during Pride Month or based on a rainbow line, or just consistently showing their support. Milk Makeup is a longtime partner of the center, which is a downtown New York City-based safe space with vital programming and resources for the LGBTQ plus community. So, you know, partnering with somebody that's making a difference every day, providing consistent support, obviously much more meaningful than a once a year, 5% of our profits donation. Coach is another brand that has partnered with LGBTQ plus centers to create healthy environments for youth. Rihanna's Savage Fenty collection and her Clara Lionel Foundation give to numerous organizations throughout the year and raise money to help Black transgender people pay for rent, gender affirming surgeries, doctor visits, and more. Anthropology supports Philadelphia's Morris Home, which offers services specifically for the transgender community. And then companies that do come out with lines for Pride Month, but are also consistent in there. And, you know, a lot of the ones I just mentioned do this, but other brands that do Pride Month things, but are also just overall good allies are Converse, Levi's, Kate Spade, Tom's, Yankee Candle, Doc Martens, William Sonoma. I also saw Disney on this list. I'm curious. I know you've had really mixed feelings about Disney. Yeah, that's an interesting one. Because, you know, I think if Disney were legitimately committed to helping the LGBTQ community, they would be putting a lot more effort into producing LGBTQ plus media. And that literally might be an entire episode right there. I have very complicated and elaborate thoughts about how Disney as a corporation is actually just completely failing because of their inability to do things like that. But nonetheless, um, I mean, I don't even it's a weird dynamic because you saw in Florida what happened with the don't say gay bill where Disney did release a statement saying like, this is crappy and terrible and don't do this. And then Ron DeSantis over there is like, we are going to make your life harder in all of these legal, economic, really disturbing dictator type ways. And I guess what that sort of gets at is this fundamental conflict of interests that we've sort of touched on where like corporations are always going to be more interested in um, preserving themselves as a corporate entity. And so they, by nature of their existence, are not going to be as interested in standing up for a 
community that in a lot of places across the country and the world is still very, very marginalized, especially if it's going to be cutting into their profits or in this case, you know, making it harder for them to operate in like basically their home home state. So it's sort of a fundamental, again, conflict of interest where I'm like, okay, so some of these companies are doing decent things. But at the same time, like I know that helping queer people is never going to be their first priority. And when the, well, when it really comes down to the line, like they're going to fall on the side of profit, not on the side of helping people. I have so many questions I want to pursue about Disney. Let's do that next time. Let's do a Disney episode. I think that's absolutely true. I mean, at the end of the day, they're running a business. And I guess it's a little bit different if your business is geared like explicitly towards LGBTQ plus people like MeUndies probably isn't too worried about the effect that their activism is going to have on their sales because they're really marketing to specific demographic. But it is like, I do believe that it is tricky to like tiptoe that line. You're trying to run a business, but um, yeah, I mean, you definitely want to support companies that are putting their money where their mouth is, I guess, so to speak. Well, I mean, what I was just going to say is that you've sort of got tears in my mind. Supporting big companies also isn't your only option. Like there are lots of great local businesses who make supporting the queer community a foundational part of their business model. I'm thinking I'm thinking here a lot of like local indie bookstores. And, you know, I know a couple of like specifically queer bookstores, but also just about every indie bookstore I can think of is very actively supportive of the queer community, hires a lot of like, like, I swear to God, every time I walk into a bookstore and buy a book from someone, it's like a gay teenager I knew in high school. Um, But like, make, you know, hires a lot of queer people, makes a point of stocking like a lot of queer books to the point where sometimes then I go to Barnes and Noble and I'm like, I forgot how many straight books there were in the world. (laughs) Um, And, you know, so it's, I mean, I I say this because like I go to a lot of bookstores, so I'm probably more exposed to those than anything else. But, you know, there are other local businesses that do the same thing, you know, restaurant, clothing stores. And of course, it's, I have a whole other thing about like financial accessibility. But, you know, if you have the choice If you're like, "Hmm, I'd like to go buy myself a book or a sweater or a box of chocolates, then choose to go to a company or a a local business that you know is supportive because those businesses that build supporting the queer community into their business model, in my opinion, are just a lot better than supporting a corporation, no matter how good that corporation is. And it's, you know, like at the same time, you're also putting your money back into your local community. And I think like from a moral perspective, I just find that to be a lot more desirable. Now in my personal hierarchy, like obviously that's not always an option. So if I'm doing something where I'm buying someone a present, if I'm getting myself something nice, I always want to go to a local business. If I am doing something that's more of like, okay, I kind of need, you know, I need to get myself groceries. Like, okay, I'll go to, I'll go to a, a big, like a bigger store. I mean, if, my goal is to be able to be at a point of financial stability where I can, you know, go to the farmer's market or whatever. But 
there's a level of where things become necessities that I'm like, okay, like you don't really have a choice. So you're going to go to a, a, a chain grocery store or whatever if you have no other option. And then personally, there are also companies like Walmart and Amazon that I'm just not interested in buying from unless it's an absolute emergency or textbooks. I will buy textbooks from Amazon because textbook companies are the worst. Again, different subject. But point is, so there's sort of that hierarchy in my mind. And if you're going to buy, if you're going to buy like some, a, a cute shirt to wear to Pride or whatever, then buy it from a local store or buy it from um, a small creator on Etsy or something like that. Like there are really good places to give your money to um, if you genuinely want to support, you know, small queer creators. And so kind of establishing that hierarchy in your mind can be a helpful way of being like, okay, this is this is how I'm going to choose where I spend my money in this case. That is such a great point. I really had like my information was mostly focused on large corporations. So I'm really glad you brought that up and would love to have anybody that's listening. If you're comfortable doing it, comment. It doesn't have to be where you live. It could be a place you visit, but just the name of a city and like a local business that you have been to that you would like to amplify in this this context. Yeah. Or like if you, if you own one of those businesses, we'd love to spotlight some small businesses. Yeah. So please comment or contact us. We'd love to be able to share. These are the businesses you can go to in this town um, to support your local economy and local LGBTQ community. That's such a good point. So my last thing I really want to touch on with you on this subject is, is rainbow washing 100% bad? And here's my take. I tend to be pretty wary of ideological purity test type things. Some of that just comes from my experiences with religious fundamentalists, you know, people that feel empowered to judge how good of a person of faith you are if you don't boycott companies that donate to Planned Parenthood. To me, that's really missing the point of any faith community. And so I carry that perspective to other issues too. I I'm wary of judging people for buying their rainbow t-shirt from wherever if they're trying to show their support, you know, because anybody that's doing that, like, I think the first LGBTQ plus supportive piece of clothing I bought was a workout shirt from Old Navy that had rainbow stripes and said, love wins. And it was a step And I think for a lot of people, like maybe they bought that shirt at Walmart, but they're wearing it to show their support and they haven't done a ton of research and they don't know that Walmart's donating to these politicians. And I feel like that's a step further. I feel like there are allies and then there are supporters. And maybe an ally is really conscientiously making decisions based on a lot of information and like being the most impactful they can possibly be. And I think you could still be a supporter, like say, you know, somebody buys the T-shirt at Walmart because they have a gay niece and they really want to like, I want her to know that I care, that I support her. And I feel like that's an indication that that person is trying to be open-minded and is trying to be supportive and maybe is receptive to learning more. Maybe not, but it is something. And my gut is to be gracious to people that are trying to make that statement in their way. 
Um, that being said, if you're carrying a rainbow flag and voting for Ron DeSantis, that's kind of like carrying a pro-life sign and then voting to re- restrict SNAP benefits. You're hurting the people that you say you want to help. But if you're not at that point, I don't know. What's your take? Yeah, well, this is actually exactly what I was just touching on with the financial access thing as well, or even just geographic access, like for young queer kids, buying rainbow clothing can be a really important part of their coming out process of their learning to accept themselves. I know it was for me. And there are places all over the country where, yeah, Target has a tacky rainbow suit, but it might be the only place where you can get a rainbow shirt to wear to pride. And there are teenagers who might not have the money to get like a nice indie made t-shirt to wear to pride and all they can afford is the five dollar shirt from target and i just it's one of those things where again that ideological purity we can get so caught up in being like oh we're this is the objective moral right thing blah 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 that we don't necessarily take into account individual circumstances and it's really not our place to make assumptions about why people buy the things that they do. It's the same thing where absolutely, because I have a level of financial privilege, I'm going to choose to support small businesses. I would never say that, oh, you're shopping for gifts at Target or Walmart. You must be a bad person because that's a crappy assumption to make about someone when you know nothing about them or even when you know something about them. Like You're assuming that they have that financial stability and that financial ability to make those decisions when a huge proportion of the population doesn't have that ability. And so, yeah, to me, there's a level of not even just ideological purity, but moral superiority that's just obnoxious and uncalled for and thoroughly counterproductive and just unnecessarily judgmental. So, yeah, if you see someone wearing a pride shirt from Target or Walmart, don't immediately assume they just got sucked in by the marketing. Like, they could be making a genuine effort. They could literally have no other option. And some queer people will kind of laugh at the idea of, oh, haha, the rainbow gay. But for some people, that's a really big deal. Like, that's a really important part of their journey to accepting themselves. And the fact is, in a lot of places, wearing a rainbow shirt is a really radical action because you might be the only person in town willing to do that. And so, yeah, just just cool it with the judgment. Like, yes, make those decisions for yourself if you're able to. Absolutely. But don't assume that other people have to be making the same set of decisions as you. Another rule for living from Sienna. Cool it with the judgment. Seriously, though, a little grace, a little kindness can help us all. So I guess that's my bottom line. If you have the time and the resources, the energy, you know, do some research, try to support the companies that are really making an effort. But to me, the the bad part of rainbow washing is companies putting it out there when they're not truly supporting the cause, not the person that is buying it because they are trying to show support or make a statement or own their sexuality, that's not on them, is my bottom line. Key rule, like, the corporation is always the bad guy. (laughs) And everybody else is just a victim. (laughs) Unless you're Ron DeSantis. Well. (laughs) 
Ron DeSantis is always the bad guy. <laughs> All right. Well, I hope this has been informative. Like I said, please give a shout out to local businesses that are supporting your LGBTQ community and let us know if there are any heroes or villains in this topic that we have left out that you think it's important for people to know about. So next week. Yes, next week we will be talking about Disney and you all get to hear my very, very elaborate Disney-related philosophy and how Disney is actually sabotaging themselves by not making more gay movies. But I'm so interested. Like, I feel like this is a really timely topic because they have just also announced this huge LGBTQ conference that they're hosting. I don't know. It's a fascinating topic and I can't wait to dive in. So we will catch you in a couple of weeks. And until then, everybody take care. Bye. All right. If you would like to hear more from us, follow us on Instagram at queerkid.straightmom, Facebook at queerkid.straightmom, Twitter at queerkidstraightmom, that's straight, that is spelled S-T-R-8. And if you would like to support us so that we can keep bringing you content like this, consider donating to us on Patreon at QueerKid, Straight Mom. And if you are enjoying our podcast, please rate, review, and follow us on your preferred podcasting platform.